0: on. Ah, there I am. (laughs) Thank you, John and my. Uh, Have I ever told you guys that uh, I'm his number one fan? You know, because I can listen to him sing all day long. You know, um, God blessed him with such an amazing voice, and I'm glad that he is using it for God's purpose. And when Mai comes in and colors the song with his piano playing, man, that's like a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. Oh, wow. Isn't it such a beautiful day today to come and worship God, to come and hear his message? Um, I'm looking out right now, and... I haven't seen this church this packed in a long time. That we have to take some of the dividers out, <laughs> and but <laughs> praise God, praise God, because there are so many answered prayers right now in this room. Um, I would also like to—I just man, all glory goes to God because this is this is the test. And his testimony right through me and I give him all the glory and honor and praise right now because I had planned for a different message after my first one and God said nope this is the message I want you to share because I think it's something that is really quiet a lot of us deal with this quietly And it's one of those silent killers. And through these last 20 months, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have asked this question. How in the world do I get through this? (laughs) Like, How do I get through the week that God is, that the devil has thrown at me, actually? How do I get through my situation? How do I? we get through this COVID, you know? And there's many of us, when they ask this question, and I know for myself, has been filled with fear and anxiety, the two most common emotions. And sometimes they feel the same, but they are different. See, fear sees a threat and it screams, run. Run, someone's coming after you. Run, there's a lizard in your room. <laughs> That's my fear. <laughs> you know, but anxiety, with my anxiety, that imagines a threat and dials right in on the what ifs. What if I fail? What if something happens? You know, what if, what if, what if? And I remember a time when... Um, my oldest, who is gonna be twenty three tomorrow. Yes. I know I don't look over twenty five, but I don't know. <laughs> I can't say the same for you, hun, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but when he was about nineteen years old, like eighteen or nineteen years old, you know, that's when he little bit more independent would go out just tell us oh I'm going here I'm going there I'll be back at a certain time or would call us if he was running late and this one time he didn't call and he didn't come back home and I was so worried because that's what anxiety does. It makes you start worrying. It gives you this nervousness. It gives you this unease. And I started imagining all these threats. He used to walk home at night before, he's, um, before he started catching Uber. But he used to walk home from wherever he was at. And all these threats like, what if something happened to my son? what if somebody kidnapped him? I don't know what. What if What if this happened? What if he's on the road and nobody's there to help him? And what if, what if? And I'm calling everybody and I'm like, do you know where my son is at? And this is about two o'clock in the morning and nobody is up. No one's answering my phone call. And I'm like, I think something happened to my son. And I was like, what if he ran away? You know, am I that terrible of a mom that he would run away? And all this questions started filling my mind and about 6:30, 7 o'clock finally i had gotten word that he was sleeping at my mom's house <laughs> about three miles away <laughs> and he was safe but that's what anxiety does you know it hones in on that threat and you start imagining all this stuff it's like And you start questioning, how, how do I get through this? Well, several years ago, I started noticing this change that was happening into me because I was letting the what-if game rule my life. I was letting fear and anxiety rule my life. And I started waking up in the middle of the night, feeling like I just ran a marathon and my heart would be fluttering and I'm like, what is going on? And... I started to feel worn out and exhausted, and I noticed, wow, everyday tasks that I usually do, I cannot even do it anymore, and I just was setting myself up every single day for failure, and at one point, I remember my kids, they love to hug me all the time. You know, um, a lot of people notice that. They just come into the store they hug me and I'm like you just saw me five minutes ago you know we walk down the stairs and they come and hug me I'm like I just left the car like why do you always hug me but that's how my kids are they just love to hug me and I remember at one point I started noticing that why don't I feel it anymore why don't I feel the hugs anymore why don't I feel their love anymore And I started to, under my breath, when they would tell me, I love you, Mom. And I would say, yeah, right. You guys don't love me, you know? And I started to second-guess myself all the time because my life was like an iceberg, you know? On top, you see the, it's fine, I got everything, I'm good, but underneath, is the bigger part, the part that is just trapping you and holding you, and you feel so trapped, and you're just crying on the inside. Help me. Help me. And sometimes many of us probably feeling this way. I think that's why God wants me to share this message, because if you haven't felt this way, I'm sure the last 20 months, of this whole pandemic put you into this position at some point and that's why and some of you are probably right here sitting in here I prayed that God this week had placed somebody who needed to be here today not to come and see me but to come and hear him and hear his message and this is my prayer for you because when I thought I could do this on my own, when I held on to this, I ended up in the ER, because I thought I was having a heart attack. And the doctor came in and told me, you just had a panic attack. You know, Did anybody ever talk to you about anxiety and depression? And I was like, what, well, me? No, I'm not. Like, I'm the most happiest person ever. You know, how do I have anxiety and depression? And he was like, you need to go and get help. You need to find what is causing this to happen. And I was like, okay, yeah, uh, uh, maybe I'll get help. You know, I can do this on my own. Whatever. You know, I'll just start exercising. Because several do- doctors told me, you need to start exercising because You're morbidly obese. They had told me that. And everything was blamed on my weight. So I thought, okay, I'll start exercising. That wasn't helping. It helped for a short time. But it didn't help in the long run. Because each year, it started getting worse and worse. And started being longer periods and longer periods. And... I was just feeling like I was on the verge of dying at some point. Sorry, this is a hard one to share because a lot of people didn't know what was going on. and My own family and they're like sitting right here in the front row. But along with this anxiety, she brought unwanted visitors whose names were shame and guilt. I felt guilty all the time because I yelled at my kids. I felt guilty because I was turning into this ugly person. I was trying to tell them how to love God, how to love Jesus, who he is, but I wasn't showing it. You know, I felt ashamed because I was the one who had it all together, who seemed to have it all together. I took care of seven kids. I was a nanny for several years. How come I can't take care of my five? You know, how come I can't be the wife I'm meant to be? How come I can't be the mom I'm meant to be? Why is this happening to me? And I'm sure many of us are screaming on the inside right now for help and questioning, why is this happening to me? At a point, someone told me, it's because you're cursed by God. You did something in your past and now you're paying for it. But... That ain't true. That ain't true. And I'm here to tell you that if you're going through this, it's okay. It's okay. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be ashamed. You are definitely not cursed by God. And you are not in this alone. We are going to get through this together so this morning I want to share some stepping stones that have helped me whenever a situation pertains to the question of how do I get through this when the world is throwing everything at me how do I get through this because we are no longer today we are no longer going to let it rule us anymore We are not going to stop. We are not going to take another way that is easier. We're not going to go around it, and we're not going to plop down in the middle of it and give up. What we are going to do today is press on through this. Father God, I come to you this morning asking you to silence our minds, Silence the thoughts that are going through our head right now and let us only hear you. I told you that you have given me many tests and I will be your testimony and give you all the glory, honor, and praise for you have gotten me through so many battles. And someone here today needs to get through that battle right now so i pray that they only hear you lord and your words and your message over them right now in your name i pray amen turn with me to exodus 17. exodus 17 and we're going to start in verse 8 Um, before we start i'm going to give you a little background a quick one We're joining Moses right after he freed the Israelites from Egypt. They sang, there can be miracles. If you guys know that. (laughs) He parted the Red Sea. Manna fell from heaven. Water came out of the rock. People grumbled, complained, all this stuff. And you're thinking, I don't know how Moses did this, you know. But they're now in the middle of nowhere about to enter their first battle with the Amalekites. And if you don't know the Amalekites, the Amalekites were descendants of Esau. And we all know the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Jacob took the um, birthright of Esau. Well, Esau gave Jacob the birthright, you know, all for food. And then Jacob deceived the dad, you know, saying he had the birth weight, all this stuff. So there's a huge friction going on. Later on, Jacob's name gets changed to Israel. Ah, so there is this long feud going on. And it is in this battle that God taught me these three beautiful stepping stones in faith that brought them through their battle, when I'm sure all they wanted to do, especially knowing that this army was much larger and more powerful and more well-equipped than they were, was to give up, turn around, and walk away. So in verse 8, it starts off with, while the people of Israel was still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held the staff in his hand, the Israelites had gained advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amaleks gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. As we see, this is an unprovoked attack by the Amalekites against Israel. I mean, Israel just came out of Egypt, you know, and they had no cause. All they were focused on was going to the promised land, was following Moses to the promised land. And they had no reason to cause wars between other people. But a Malik, their method of attack was so despicable. You know, they were known for attacking at the rear of the camps, and not where the strong were in the front, the men who were ready and able to fight. So they were attacking all the women, all the children, all the elderly, the people that were slow that would call would. Keep them all the way in the back, you know, the crippled, the weak. You know, that's where he attacked. And word had gotten to the front that, hey, there is something happening in the back of the camp, and you guys need to get to it. Moses is like, okay, men, let's go. Let's go into battle. And he picks up a sword. Ah! No, that's not what Moses does. Moses does something really weird. As a leader of the Israelites, he doesn't go into battle. He doesn't even stay in the battlefield. He doesn't pick up a weapon, nothing. He commands Joshua to choose him some men, to go into battle, because what I'm going to do <laughs> is go up on a hill. That's where I'm going to go. What? It goes up on the hill, but Moses sets an example for our stepping stone number one. He changes his position. This is an example for us during the times when fear, when doubt, when anxiety starts to overwhelm us, is to change our position. And why we change our position? To change our perspective. It gives us a better view of our situation. And a lot of the times, honestly, it is a whole lot quiet there. You know, Moses could see what his army was doing, what the enemy's army was doing. He could see the plan. He got the bigger picture he could fix his eyes on God and gain God's perspective. In the worst of my anxieties, what I really wanted to do was sit on the couch in my sorrows, in my woe is me attitude, you know, eat that gallon of ice cream, binge watch Netflix, you know, scroll on social media, wish my life was better, You know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to find another way to numb this pain that was happening on the inside of me and avoid, avoid it altogether. Besides, it's way easier to do that. (laughs) But I didn't want to be in this position anymore. I didn't want to let this rule me anymore. So what I did was I got up and I went up in my room. And I read my Bible. I opened it up because I knew that from now on, this right here, my Bible, and being in God's word is how I needed to fight my battles. You know, I do this to this day. And every time at night after dinner, I will tell the kids, like, oh, I'm going up into the room. And then the other night, my son, Benjamin, came to me and he's like, good night, mom. And I'm like, I'm not going to bed. He's like, yeah, mom, I know. But whenever you get up there in your room and you start getting into your Bible, you don't come out. (laughs) We don't see you for the rest of the night. And that is true. You know, I had to change my position, change it not only physically, but also mentally I had to be in God's word. And when I went up there, I didn't have an agenda. I just wrote, I wrote verses, I wrote in journals, I wrote what was on my heart. I wrote the good, I wrote the bad, I even wrote the ugly. I just kept it real with God because I knew I needed God to help me get through this. I was starting to see God's view of who I was. And that's what I wasn't realizing, that by doing all this, my view started to change, to change to see how God is and to change how I was meant to be in his eyes. So change your position to change your perspective. Our second stepping stone, Moses tells Joshua, I will stand. Moses told Joshua that he would stand on that hill throughout the battle the word stand in Hebrew is not sob. It means to station oneself for a definite person, pers- purpose. In Moses' case, he was to stand still, to stay in one place on top of the hill, and watch and pray. Now, there are times when God commanded Moses to stand still, get an instruction, and move on forward. But this time... It was just to stand still watch and pray I don't know about you but when there is situations and battles that come in my life I do not like to stand still I do not like to watch while it goes on I do not like to pray honestly when it goes on I want to be right there in the center where it's happening You know, I want to be involved and try to fix this myself, you know, but Moses doesn't. He stood looking, watching, listening, and praying, and that's what we need to do. We need to stand alert, looking, watching, listening, and praying. That's when we're going to be able to hone in on God and hear his voice and hear his instructions and to sense his presence. You know, I have these two bracelets that I wear. um, When I don't take off and when I wear when. Like today, you know, speaking up here is not an easy thing. (laughs) And um, all these things like you can't do it, you know, you set your bar too high the first time. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I need to put on my bracelet because I need to be reminded. One, it's in Hebrew, and it says, Hear, O Israel, Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And the next one says, Be still and know. Because that's what I needed to do. I needed to stand still. And no, I needed to hear God because I'm that type of person. I told you, I don't like to be left out. I like to be involved, you know. I, I think it's like a Portuguese thing. I don't know what it is, but we have this disease that's like called FOMO, FOMO, you know. Have you guys heard of it? It's called the fear of missing out. <laughs> And I don't like to miss out on anything. And I always say yes. And I'm put into predicaments that I don't want to be in. And I get overwhelmed. And I get anxious. And I'm like not happy. And I start feeling worn out, feeling weak. And that, friend, that's where the devil wants you to be at. Because that's when he can attack you, you know. Have you guys ever, those with kids, ever come home from a long day of work and you're extremely tired and then the devil uses your kids to annoy you? (laughs) You know? Or you're sleeping and you get a message that the refrigeration is... um, unplugged and all the food is gone and so you have to go into work very early to help set up and you have about 10 minutes to do it, (laughs) you know, or how about when you just had a long day of work and a customer calls you to not say nice words to you. You know, and all you want to do is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'll show you a thing or two. <laughs> you know, you want to put your hair up in that tittle butt and be like, bring it on. Come on. I'll show you a thing or two. That, my friend, that's where the devil wants you to be at. Because he will try to distract you from hearing the voice of God. He will distract you from your purpose, your true purpose. And your heart will start feeling heavy. Your anxieties will start to creep back up. But when this happens now, you know what to do. Change your position and stand still. And for me, that's plugging in some worship music. And I start worshiping because many times, God's message has come to me in songs, telling me that, hey, I will defend you. You are my child, the child of love. You know, I will bring you peace. He loves my brokenness. (laughs) He embraces it, you know, and that, remember, there ain't no grave in this world that will ever hold you down ever again because I have conquered that grave. That's what God did for me. I just had to stand still and know that he is God. And I, just, I think just like Moses, how he was up there standing still, looking at Joshua fighting this battle he started to remember the past faithfulness of God and how every time they needed him in Egypt, God made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. God had proven to Moses through the years that he was with them and would deliver them no matter how desperate things looked. And I'm sure Moses also remembered from day one how consistent God was in fighting his battles. Because we remember the Israelites were at a point where they were trapped. Pharaoh's army was coming and the Red Sea was before them. There was no way out. And all the people are crying and filled with fear and thinking that they are going to die. And Moses gets up there and he said, the Lord will fight for you. You need only stand still. So even if his assignment was different, his, God's promise is always the same. It never changes because our God is unchanging. The same yesterday and today and forever. You can trust that God will fight for you and he's watching over you. That he's telling you today, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord work for you. Stand on your identity as a daughter of God. Stand on your identity of, this, of a son, of the one true king. That's what we have to do. We have to change this script that is going on in our head. We have to open up the word and be in the presence of God we have to be reminded that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knew every hair on our head before we were even born, that he has held our hearts in his hand before the beginning of time, that his grace surrounds us and his favor goes before us. His glory is our rear guard and his wings encompass us that he chose you before the foundation of the world, that he has adopted you as his daughter and as his son through Jesus. And our inheritance is his kingdom. And I was like, okay, Lord, let's bring it on. And I started to believe. Therefore, I spoke the words of truth over my heart and over my mind. Because the words we speak today frame our reality. It frames what we believe in ourselves. So now when the lies come back up and say, see, you're such a terrible mom. Look at your kids. They don't even want to listen to you. I tell them, nope. I am highly favored by God because he chose me to raise these five gremlins. I mean, wonderful, beautiful kids of mine. No one else could do that job but me, and he chose me. He chose me to be this man's wife because no one else could do that job and deal with his shenanigans. He chose you for a purpose. You are here today to bring in the people to God, to be his recruiter. You may not know it, but that's what you're here today because he chose you. And I didn't realize this was happening the whole time while I was up in my room and while I was standing still while I was writing these verses, on sticky notes, on, in my Bible, in my journal, placing it, praying it, saying it constantly. This was happening. I was keeping all his promises. The promise is that God will make a way even when we fail, there doesn't seem to be a way. The Lord will fight for you you need only to stand still. Finally, after we change our position, after we stand still, the last stepping stone is, and this is an important, I mean, they're all important step, stepping stones, but this is really important. Find yourselves some Aaron and hers. Find yourself a community. People who are going in the same direction as you. People who are leading you to the throne of Jesus. And don't surround yourself with people who are like Alameda crabs. Pulling you down because they do not want to see you succeed in life. And they do not want to see you succeed in Jesus. Ecclesiastes 4:9 says, Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed, and Matthew eighteen twenty says, "For where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them." This is why Moses needed to take Aaron and her up with him to the mountain and not go there by himself. I mean, you think about it. Moses was a man of God. He. Saw the burning bush. He spoke to God. At one point, he even had a glimpse of God. He was in his presence. But Moses knew that this battle he couldn't fight by himself. He knew that there would be an adversary up there telling him, Where is your God now? He ain't going to perform no miracles this time. You're all alone. Where? is your God now. He knew that he would be so worn out and that he would need people that would help him stand, help him pray, help him stay strong, encourage him, and remind him of God's powers. He knew he couldn't fight this alone. Too many times we go in life fighting battles by ourselves. And like I said, many of us are so embarrassed and so ashamed because everybody sees that outside, that she's doing fine, they seem to be having it all together, but everybody here fights some kind of battle. Whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's addiction, whatever it is, you are not alone, and don't do this alone. I'm very fortunate and thank God that he has placed some people in my life that helped me fighting my battles all the time. You know, Auntie Herbie, Auntie Helene, Auntie Jocelyn, Auntie Joycelyn, Monty, Jeannie, even Miguel, and Mel, and my good friend, Nalani, who's back there. This is my Bible study group. This is the people who I know when I need prayers, they will pray for me, where I can pour out my heart to them and they won't judge me, where I can be honest and tell them, hey, look, today's struggles was real. and I didn't portray Christ in the way I was supposed to. But this is why I'm here, because I cannot fight this battle alone. You cannot fight this battle alone. The devil wants nothing more than to isolate you and to keep you from people who are going to the kingdom of heaven. So I am grateful and thankful for these people that send me daily devotions that say, hey, I'm praying for you today. I don't even ask sometimes. They're just like, sisters, I'm praying for you today. You know, these are the people you need to surround yourself with and not people who are taking you away from Christ. I'm also thankful for one person because he has seen the dark side of me. Literally, um, if I was Darth Vader, I would have been Darth Vader. (laughs) Because at one point, I had mentioned to him, I said, I think I'm going to die soon. You know, and he looked at me and he was like, Well, what do you mean? And I said, I don't know. I, I just don't feel good. I don't feel good. Something is happening. And he knew that he needed more help than himself. And so when he would think I was sleeping and had my eyes closed, <laughs> I had this sense that somebody was right next to me, and I would open my eyes, and I see him kneeling right next to me. Every night and asking God, my wife needs you right now. Everyone needs God right now. And we need to be each other's errand and hers. I should have warned you guys that you guys would be crying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's real. It's real out there. You know, and it's just getting darker and darker. This world is getting darker and darker. But we need more Erin and Hers to stand next to each other. So I want you guys to do me this favor. I want you to see who are the people sitting next to you on your right and on your left. If you don't have their contact right now, after this, get their contact. And this week, or throughout the rest of this year, or throughout the rest of this time that you have here on earth, I want you to message them and tell them, I'm praying for you today. I don't know what I'm praying for, but you're on my heart. And I am here to be your Aaron and her. I am here to stand on the side of you. I am here to raise your hands up and help you stay steady until your battle is won. As Isaac and Sarah Jordan and Monty come up to do a special song that I had requested, Um, I'm just glad that this time they are singing it afterwards because I was a mess when I came up through the first one. I want you guys to close your eyes because I want to say this prayer over you that was prayed over me many times. God loves you and will never leave you he rejoices over you with gladness quiets you with his love sings over you the one who walks with you holds you he hears you and collects every tear he is good and he is faithful even when our circumstances are not faithful When anxious thoughts press in on every side when darkness invades the light and it seems there is no way out. The battle you fight today is not yours alone. It belongs to God. He is the commander of heaven's army and he will send out his army every time to rescue you. Though during the storm, it may not feel like it, and you may not see it. Victory is certain when you are a child of God. When you trust in Him, Jesus' stained cross secures your victory so you can confidently persevere and press on through the winds and the waves of your hard season. Know and believe to the very depths of your soul that whatever enslaves you right now, whatever is holding you hostage, Whatever fear threatens or whatever anxiety consumes you, you have a defender who goes before you to win your wars, who picks up all your pieces and puts you back together, who restores your heart, who is renewing you day by day. So do not, do not lose heart. For what God has promised you, he will still bring to pass. He is working behind the scenes to break down those strongholds. You will soon, you will soon be free. Free from that addiction. Free from that depression. Free from whatever fear threatens you. You will get through this. Just keep praising. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Just be still. Father God, remind us Oh Lord, when we forget that you are the defender of our hearts, that when we feel lost, you are right there to pick up every single pieces, because that's what you do. Remind us who you are, and who you have been, our mighty God, our Prince of Peace, our champion, all that we need the God who holds the winds in his hands and the shoreline drawn to where you have planned. Our Jesus, who is a name above all names, who will hear my every cry whenever I call. I would choose life, even in darkness, for your truth lights a beautiful spark within me. Send us, Lord, your Holy Spirit, to renew our strength today. Amen.